0: Hello, and welcome to Business Without Bullshit, where we take a sideways look at modern business, talking to founders and entrepreneurs about the problems they face and how they solve them. I'm Juliet Ori, and alongside me is my co-host, Philippa Sturt. Hi, Juliet. And a quick reminder, if you like what we do here, please rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at bizwithoutbs. Now, with that being said, our returning woo-hoo, guest this week is Ben Thompson. <laughs> CEO and co-founder of Employment Hero. A Bachelor of Economics and Law, Ben spent several years working in the banking and finance industry in Sydney. Yeah, you're Be-
1: to kill me.
0: <laughs> that is dull. Before he moved to London, well done, at the peak of the dot-com boom. And it was there that he realized his true passion was in combining business and technology to create innovative new companies. Ben, this is really quite depressing. As I read this, I realise I haven't achieved very much in my life, but I shall proceed on. Ben returned to Australia in 2002 to start an employment law firm and since then has grown his business into an international group of companies that share a common goal to permanently improve the way employment is managed by making it easier and more rewarding for everyone. These companies include Employment Innovations, Power to Motivate, Global Reward Solutions, KeyPay and Employment Hero. We're in good company indeed. Look at that list of companies, Ben. This is very, very impressive. Ben, it is fantastic to have you back. I am delighted that it's me and not my brother. Um, Welcome back to the podcast.
1: So good to be here, Julia. Thank you. And Pippa, great to meet you.
0: Yeah, likewise. Lovely to meet you too. So Ben, what is keeping you busy? We now have you in person in London.
1: Yes, yes. So we just um, we just completed a big capital raise, and KeyPay, one of those businesses, Employment Hero, another one of those businesses, acquired KeyPay, and so we've put the two things together, and um, we are now rolling out across Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, and all of the UK where. A We're a billion-dollar business. Wow. Yeah. We're the the unicorn. Yay. Congratulations. How does that feel? It's pretty exciting. Not many people are unicorns. Well, I'm not a unicorn. The business is a unicorn. (laughs) Where do I start? We're just doing so much across so many different countries. It's crazy.
0: Which is your favourite country thus far? England. (laughs) That was (laughs) like a leading
1: question. That
2: was so, like, there's only one right answer. It's so good to
1: be back. It's the first time in two years that I've travelled internationally Went to Singapore on the way here, came to London uh, and for the first time since 2017. And it's like energy, there's shows, there's people on the streets. It's just exciting. It's great to be here. We're all just giving each
2: other COVID. That's, that's our yeah, thing, that's right. basically.
0: <laughs> so, Ben, explain to us these businesses. There There is a long list. Tell us, what does Employment Hero do?
1: So, um, after working in the UK... As a lawyer in technology companies, I came back to Australia. I wanted to start a business. I didn't want to work for anybody else. Started a law firm, which became Employment Innovations. Um, And actually, uh, rewind a little bit. It actually, I started the law firm. It was supposed to be a technology law firm. My father who was an HR consultant, HR director in his career. He said, I'll, I'll introduce you to some of my cl- clients who are all small and medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. They might have some legal issues that you can help out with. Good on you, Dad. And um, love you, Dad. And um, then went and had coffee with about a dozen different business owners and said, what keeps you awake at night? What are the hard things you have to solve? And every person said the same thing. Employment is really difficult. It's really technical. It takes 80% of my time or more. And I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. You can help me with that. So it's, all of a sudden I went from being what ideal, ideally would have been a technology lawyer to being an employment lawyer and helping people with employment law issues. And then I did that for like five years and realized that Every employer, every small and medium-sized business is suffering the same type of problem. They're all struggling to manage employment because no one's there to help you with it. No one explains how hard it is. And as an employment lawyer, you can really only help one person at a time. And so then I thought, well, I can help a lot more businesses if I basically build a giant HR department that everyone can tap into, and that's employment innovation. So it's a law firm it's a migration agency it's a payroll bureau it's um yeah it's it's like a full service hr department for every business small and medium sized businesses and
2: in australia you're able to do sort of combine a law firm with all those other functions as well
1: you can try you can try it was that was pretty interesting realizing that the whole legal profession has to have all these like rules and regulations and I'm trying to help somebody and, the, and then the Law Society is saying, well, actually you have to separate everything up and you know, it was really difficult. But, um, yeah, so that became Employment Innovations. Uh, it, it grew. We, we grew nationally. We've got offices across every major city in Australia and we're helping thousands of businesses. And then I read a book. Actually, I read an article called um, Why Software Will Eat the World. and yeah. It basically said, well, any services business is going to have to become a technology business because technology can do services better, you know. And I sort of walked into the office the next morning and looked around and realised we had people who were photocopying welcome packs for our clients. So when they employ a new starter, they needed, like, all the employment contracts and all the documentation mm-hmm. and we would photocopy it, put it into manila folders, stick it into boxes and ship it out to all of our clients. How good was like, girl this? Oh, that was... um. That was about ten years ago, yeah. and so I was like, "Well, that's that's the business. That's the technology business. I can digitise that," yeah. and and that was the idea for Employment Hero to create a software platform that managed employment. Part of managing employment is payroll, so that was KeyPay. Uh, met four guys who had built a payroll business that was just getting started and I invested in that, and spoke to them about what I knew as an employment lawyer, where the difficulties were and how they could build more into the software to manage more of employment. So that was KeyPay. In 2007, where the Australian government deregulated employment, which should be a good thing, but um, Australia is, have, has a much more technical employment system than the UK. And when they deregulated the market, I thought, oh, well, employers have never had the opportunity to really just reward and recognise people, pay for performance and have a bit more flexibility about how they employ people. So they need help to do that. So that was the idea behind Power to Motivate. How do you reward and recognise and pay people properly? So that became Power to Motivate.
0: So Ben, how did it all begin? What was your first proper job?
1: Uh, probably the the first job I got paid to do was um, at McDonald's.
2: Mackie D's. Yeah,
1: Mickey D's. Everybody's good training program. I was not good. start. I got fired after three months.
2: You were fired?
1: Yeah. And my sister was dating the manage- the owner's son.
0: Is that where you which were Which made fired? it even worse. <laughs> I didn't even get it. Didn't that improve matters?
1: No. No. You would think that my sister is dating the owner's Advocate son. I for you. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I came in and.
0: What, were you rubbish? You, I, you didn't I, know how to put the chips down? No, this you is, this is why I'm self-diagnosed
1: way. ADHD because I would look at the roster. The, the What do you call rosters? Rota. Yeah. 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 And, um, and I'm oh, yeah, yeah, I've got to work on Saturday at 2 o'clock. And then I you turn forget. up at four o'clock on Saturday. It's close enough.
2: Yes, yeah, see, I would have fired you as well. To be fair, it happened it three great. times,
1: and they're like, "Yeah." I came in one day, and they're like, "Um, you're you've arrived just in time to finish <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> forever."
0: So, what has been your biggest fuck up? I mean, you have gone from getting through school, and looking for now, the mother chip, you. <laughs> do forget that that's important. Well, that is very important and the gherkins do. But hold on, I mean, Pivot, we mustn't be rude. This, this man is running a unicorn. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, we've we we, we we've achieved very little in our life. So how do you go from that to that? Have you fucked up along the way?
1: I, I'm sure I have, but I'm not, I don't ever stop to think about the fuck-ups. Like I, I was thinking about this, like where have I really fucked up? I can't really think of too many. There's one example, which I don't think is that great, but it was a, um, a big campaign. I decided that with Employment Hero to get it moving, we'd create a job board, and then we'd give it away. So we'd help our clients find staff, and we created this job board. And then, but to do to a job board, you have to create a two sided market. You need candidates and employers, so you have to spend a lot of money to get both sides of the market going. in Australia, there's a there's a company called Seek, which is one of our investors now, which we'll come back to. And um so I, I sort of came up with this idea for this whole campaign to create this job board marketplace. And I spent a lot of money, like a lot of at the time it was like everything on this big campaign. We were we were on the back of buses. There was like it was it was we were in railway stations. It was huge. And I was just so I was just so convinced it was going to work and it just fell completely flat and we just didn't end up with a two-sided marketplace. And and so it was kind of why I had to raise capital and bring investors in because I basically spent all my money on this giant campaign and it put me in a position where I was just like, I was looking death in the eye as a, as a business. And I, I did say and at what, the... what,
0: you then went on a raise money?
1: We had to, yeah, because we would have gone broke. But I did say at the time... If nothing else, if this doesn't work, it will get Seek's attention. Who this- Who then this, invested. Who then invested. And, uh, and it did, I got a phone call from Seek and they're like, can you come down for a meeting? And what are you doing? And I told them, and, and ultimately they're investors. But it does sort of focus
2: and, the mind as well, doesn't it? When you're looking like administration or winding up the business oh, in And, and how many?
1: T- I've done that, So I've looked in that black hole many, many times. But, right, I've
2: got many scars for, yeah. for trying to find the
0: wages every month. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, I didn't know that I wanted to hear that. <laughs> not now. Not ever. now, like in the years no, gone by. In, I mean, we're over 20 years. I mean, the business has yeah, been going way over 80. Yeah.
1: I remember calling my wife one day from work and saying, hey, we don't have any money. And she's like, what do you mean we don't have any money? I'm like, well, we've got to pay wages at the end of the month and we don't have any money.
2: I she's think like, one of the hardest. How did you do that? <laughs> Well, this just, big ad campaign on the back of buses. <laughs>
0: no, but honestly, I I try and educate everybody that comes in, and, and it's like I'm starting a business that cash is king. And I it's always sitting, the thing that
2: stops businesses in their tracks is is cash flow. Every but, time,
0: all the time. And I remember sitting with a guy that had, had decided all he wanted to do was start his own business, and he'd saved up all this money. He was he was pretty successful in in finance. And, and I remember sitting and having a big argument with him in the pub when he started his business. He was like, I've decided we need a really nice office and I'm going to spend a lot of money on this office and I'm going to kid it out. And I said to him, can I give you my greatest tip? Any kind of mine that has started a business by spending money on the premises and, and the swanky plants and having this and that and whatever, I said, you know, just start." And use your money to pay the wages until you got some revenue. Then go get your swanky office. But most businesses have come unstuck with the swanky office.
1: Yep, yep. Well, that and that's what I it's kind of what I learned from this from this giant campaign was it's actually from a from an author um, Jim Collins. You know, fire bullets before you fire cannons. So maybe building that building that's that quite a good one. Yeah,
2: like sort of the opposite of go big or go home.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, just. Find your target, hit your target, and then fire something big at it. But don't don't fire to cannons cannon to, find the, to find the target. Yeah, Flatten definitely. It.
2: So you you founded this business that's now a unicorn. Everything's going amazingly. Is there anything that you find uncomfortable about being in business, or do you just fucking love the whole thing?
1: Business is my favorite hobby. It's it's my it's I've loved it since I can ever remember. So I really love being in business. The one thing that your I probably business fo- is people. Yeah. But the one thing that I was going to say, the one thing that I do find hardest is I am a natural introvert and there are... There's, no,
2: the, no, yeah, no one believes that.
1: I'm fine with one-on-one or two-on-one, yeah, yeah. but put me in front of a... I mean, I'm happy to speak publicly and that type of thing, but... I
2: hate parties. It's like the same thing.
1: Come on. I, I know, just the bigger it gets, the the more expectation there is that you're the centre and the you know the energy provider and all of that, which you have to do. I can do it. But it's hard. That's really, it's quite exhausting, uh, exhausting thing. And it's not my natural... Stay You know, I you prefer to sit in at terms home. Of
0: that's your hardest that yeah. I mean it's the same as me. Like we're we're currently drawing straws at the moment about who's gonna go to all our social events. Yeah. Mm. Um, because somebody's gotta stay there till the bitter end. Yeah. And and frankly, I'm happy to start the party. I'm happy to have a couple of drinks. Like you're probably happy, do the chat. Yeah. And then you wanna fuck off home. Or, you know, I wanna yeah. be tucked up in bed. Thanks very much. And I always yeah. have that
2: thing, I think that sort of social anxiety thing that you think these people that I'm chatting away to don't really want to be talking to me. They want to be talking to somebody else and I'm just really boring them. Yep. The whole time. Well, Pippa, no I know. Either. You don't have to tell me. I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> a fucking aware. Thank no. you very much. It's
1: lucky the English is so polite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's that terrible thing where, you know, as soon as you, you get a... Gr- really
0: good chat.
2: Let me just make that clear. You know when you've got a group of people, like a whole group of people in a room, and you have to move around and chat to people, and you just the whole time are thinking, "Have yeah. I stayed here too so yeah, long?" No, oh, I'm you such avoid? a, wolf. I'm a I'm... But there's hardly <sighs> no. But if you're talking about going and working, so I think
0: actually most entrepreneurs are pretty introverted in the sense of that isn't. You know, if you would, if your thing is to start a party business, fine, you'd be really good at partying and stuff. I mean, Andy's an amazing party animal. <laughs> I have no, like most people I think are much happier in their own skin. You'll do a bit of chat, but going more than that,
2: no. But you also, as an entrepreneur, you need that level of being able to you know, ADHD aside, concentrate on stuff and think about things a bit more. You know, I used to have a client who will remain nameless for reasons that will become apparent, who was, I've never seen anybody like him for getting money out of people. He'd just walk into a room, talk about his business. He was just like spectacularly good at it and would charm the money off the trees immediately, but never actually managed to do anything with it. Uh. Because he just didn't, he wouldn't pay attention for long enough. He'd do the adverts for, you know, crowdfunding or whatever, and they'd look amazing. And he'd go into a room and talk to people and get money out of them immediately. But then he was done. Didn't really want to do anything else or actually run the business or pay attention or spend time. Who
0: Have you got some right-hand people? Have you got a number of people you rely on?
1: Uh, yeah. Like, I've got an uh, ELT, Executive Leadership Team, and they're incredible. There's eight of us, and... You know, from a chief revenue officer, a, a chief people officer, a, who else do we have on the team? Um, chief experience officer. What is a
2: chief experience
1: officer? A CXO. Is they're responsible. A
2: CXO.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, so he, this,
2: is this customer experience or employee
1: experience? Customer. So a chief people officer is responsible, although he's probably. Like HR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she does a lot more than that. She's great. She's in- incredible. But yeah, chief experience officer is responsible for looking at every interaction with, from prospect through to you know an existing customer, and making sure that every touch point that they have with our company is as good as possible. It's a really hard job. It's a lot of organising, I and mean, we've got eighty thousand customers.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor. Auri Clark got its start back in 1935, and while the world has changed a bit, it's more than just survived from complying with the FCA and all things financy. They can also speak fluently in the language of legalese. Aury Clark was born and raised right here in the UK, and now for 20 years they've been helping others get set up and on their way. Auri Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice
2: since 1935.
0: Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify, so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. But you effectively, Ben, run a PEO.
1: One to- one part of our business is a PEO. Yeah, a professional explain, employer organization.
0: And explain what that is.
1: So uh, it's it's historically it was a U.S. thing. It was a, a it stands for. Prof- professional employer organisation. In the US back um, in the 70s, businesses wanted to provide health insurance to their staff, but a small business doesn't have the buying power that a large business does. So when they went to provide health insurance, they couldn't afford to pay for it for their employees because they just couldn't get a decent premium. And PEOs were formed to aggregate small businesses together and there was a tripartite relationship where the PEO employed the staff and the business employed the staff at the same time. And then they had this aggregated buying power and they could go out and buy health insurance and all these other things for employees and provide greater benefits at lower cost. And now it's something like four or 5% of the US working population is employed through a PEO. And that, that was really limited to the US for, for decades. But when COVID hit and we all started working remotely and geography was removed as a constraint to employment, we had to figure out how do we help small businesses employ people everywhere because they don't have the infrastructure to do it. So we've created a company or a part of Employment Hero called Global Teams, which is a network of employing organisations that we own all over the world. And now we employ people for the businesses using Employment Hero. So we have people working in Greece, in India, everywhere that our clients on Employment Hero are accessing and utilising for their staff. And it's creating this, what, what I call the remote work revolution, where you can employ people anywhere on the planet.
0: Which I think is amazing. I think that's obviously the future. My only reticence or my concern... It does feel like
2: there's a but coming. <laughs> of course there's always
0: a but with me. It's that law and accounting hasn't quite caught up. So, So I definitely see it in certain countries for certain activities, without doubt, massive but i don't think in necessarily all circumstances
1: no it's not supposed to be in all circumstances as a tech company i can tell you the hardest part of scaling our business you know where our tam total of accessible market is every business on the planet every small to medium sized business lives with the same problem that employing people is difficult
0: finding the right people
1: Finding the right people is difficult, but just being an employer is difficult. And 99% of businesses on earth are small and medium-sized companies. 100% of those businesses are living in perpetual state of anxiety about being an employer. My dream is to make being an employer something that you feel proud of, something that you feel like empowered to do. And every job that you can create is something you should be really proud of. And so you'll constantly looking to grow your business and employ more people. If we could create that environment, the world would be a completely different place. There'd be more jobs, there'd be more for everybody.
0: How are we going to do it?
1: You know, by applying technology, by enabling people to work online, no matter where they live. Like, this has been my spiel for the last two years. Super smart people have gone to university, but they've chosen to live in regional and remote areas. And Australia's a big country. There's a lot of smart people living outside of the CBD. Because they couldn't drive to work, they've been left out of the economy. But if we can just embrace this concept of remote working and inclusivity, then all these people have the ability to work in the online world and participate and earn really good wages and spend them in their local community and then their local community blossoms. And that's just within Australia, but think about the third world, like these four billion people who are just finding the internet and then they can earn wages and spend money in their local regions.
2: You were an employment lawyer originally. Yeah. Anyway, but did you kind of, was it hard for you to go from I'm an entrepreneur with a great idea to I've suddenly got all these people working for me?
1: Only when I need to go to a social event.
2: <laughs> That's it?
1: <laughs> yep. Other than that. So it's,
2: hiring and firing, you happy with that?
1: No, it's never. It's it. Uh, I, I think it takes... Uh, every person you have to fire takes a year off your. I'm uh, not a year, maybe a week. It hurts. It it just it sucks something out of your being. It never is. It's, it's never horrible. enjoyable. It shortens your do you life.
0: you Still fire people now?
1: Mm, not no not, not directly. Got people
2: for
0: that. Okay, okay. <laughs> is that what I've got to do? Get people to do that. Find somebody <laughs> to Everybody whack them, them for you. You're telling me I lose a week of my. Life. Oh, I think I think
2: you lose a whole lot more than a week. Of it year. depends who you're firing. I mean, I.
1: It's never pleasurable. I've had pleasurable. Some experiences
2: that have taken a lot more than a week off my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. The
2: crying is um, takes a lot off.
0: I look. If I think the key though is you just mustn't hire people unless you're certain.
1: Yeah, I just, I just find it so. I just love meeting people who have great attitude and energy, and not necessarily experience. Just you just tell, you meet them and you know.
0: So that's my only test. I mean, this is what's been currently challenged in the (laughs) business. that I'll
2: only let people in if they can have a conversation with me and we can have a good chat. You need that. It doesn't matter who they're going to be in your organisation. If they can't actually hold down any kind of conversation or indeed make eye contact, you kind of, you've, no.
1: No, not really. Not when you own a technology company. Because they're the best
2: if they can't make eye
0: eye contact. I'm not bothered about eye contact. It's just whether I can communicate. And if you're talking about, you know, the sky is blue and we, you can find some common ground.
1: I literally had a conversation earlier this week with a person who'd come to our gather our get together. And I said, Oh, did you just, did you, because I left early, <laughs> I said, Did you stick around last that's night? Nice. He said, No, I didn't. I, I don't like socializing. I find it drains my energy and I can't do it for very long. So I left early and went home. And that's why yeah, it that made me feel happy. And then I was, I was like, Thank you for your honesty, I really appreciate that. Why should you be expected to go out and go to the pub and have beers with everyone if you don't feel like it?
2: Yeah, completely, but I have interviewed people who cannot string a sentence together, who wouldn't be able to have say, yeah, I left early because it trains my energy and I don't like doing it. They just wouldn't be able to manage that.
1: Yeah. Well, if they're supposed to speak to people, that would be a sign.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> if they're supposed to write code, they might be great. Yeah.
2: So what are you most excited about? Going forward. Everything. There must be something
1: in the, the world. No, no, no. I can see now that within a year or two years maybe, I'm not very good at estimating timeframes, but maybe two, three years, you'll be able to travel all over the world and meet people who are employed with Employment Hero and they're better off. I haven't explained how, but you know, we're doing all sorts of things to make employees better off, not just Instapay, but a lot bigger than that. And um, it just... Blows my mind that will be this global business that helps millions of millions of people. Ten million—that's my goal—is to get to to make ten million people significantly better off.
0: And how many are you at the moment?
1: Seven hundred and fifty thousand.
0: Okay, and so you're reckoning two years.
1: Oh, not to ten million, but two years. But so even last night, we were at the pub. Just we were just here in the city, and we were standing in the pub, and one of one of our team was wearing their Employment Hero t-shirt, and someone walked up and said. Are you from Employment Hero? We're implementing that at the moment. We love it. It was like, wow, we're in a different country and someone knows it. Nice, amazing. Yeah, yeah.
0: but you didn't know when you started this that you'd be on such a journey.
1: No, but I've always, I've always played. Like, my favourite thing as a kid was playing with Lego, building little things and then attaching them to other things and building them bigger and imagining all these. Did you follow, powers the, that they follow had.
2: the schematics or did you just make? No, it? never.
1: No, just a bucket of like random blocks. And and that's exactly how I feel today is that I'm still playing and inventing and creating things with different powers and putting them and all you're together. And
0: Continuing to change and adapt and yeah. move. Yeah. Which is all credit to you. And will you sell? Will you come no.
1: out? Oh, no, no. Oh, maybe one day. It's not what I want to do. I want to um I want to start a big philanthropic part of the business, which is coming soon.
0: And what will that do?
1: Connect people in developing countries to the internet so that they can participate in the online economy.
0: How are you going to do that?
1: Uh, with Work with Elon Musk to get this Starlink sort of basically microfinance. Have you heard of, you know, microfinance? Yeah. So basically I think you can we can buy these Starlink satellite dishes and give them to a person. Typically 99% of the time it's a female mother because they're much better than mm-hmm.
0: They generally run all of the money.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and then they can provide almost like a, a, a micro um, telco company to a village and charge for access and pay off the cost of the dish and keep on doing that. We'll put hundreds of millions of dollars into this fund that funds the expansion of internet access around the world.
0: Jesus, you're making me feel so inadequate, man. <laughs>
1: I'm not that's trying to.
0: It's
2: then. not, you've just got to remember it's not about you.
0: What's <laughs> amazing? Yeah, well You'll it's completely it. possible. No, it. no, it's, yeah. it's,
1: it's starting now.
0: And it is starting really cool. and people yeah. are. It's needed. Like the whole world is in such a state of change.
1: Yeah, that's happening so quickly too.
0: So what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
1: When I started the business, when I started the law firm, my dad sat me down one day after I was sort of sitting there and, you know, probably Googling and not being out on the road enough. And he said, mate, you need to, you need to realize for the whole of your career, you've been an employee and now you own a business and there's a big difference when when you're an employee. And I hope I don't offend anyone with this analogy, but it was his dad. When you're an employee, you're like an animal in a zoo you're looked after, you're, you're fed, c- and fed and watered and they clean out your cage oh, and they that. make it really comfortable. They want you to be there and be happy and you're just looked after.
2: Tire to swing on. Yep.
1: But when you start your own business, it's you're... Fed.
2: Shit picked up, yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> you can chuck it at the, you can chuck it at the zookeeper. Yeah. And um, and when you start your own business, you're, you're in the jungle and there's no one to feed you. You have to hunt skin, catch, you know, catch skin yeah. and, and feed yourself. And everybody is trying to do the same thing. You or you have to survive in the jungle. And if you don't <laughs> snap out of it, you're not going to survive. And I think that's lived with me from, from then on.
2: That is a good bit of advice. I have to say, I judge, because I work with a lot of startups, I judge a lot of them on the basis of when when founders of businesses tell me they're going on holiday. Because I always know, frankly, that startups aren't going to work out when they've been going for like a year and they say, oh, I just need, I need a month off. I'm just going away for a month. And you're like, you can't, like, if you're a founder of a business, you cannot leave your business for a month and fuck off on holiday. It's not. And the ones that do don't make it.
1: Yeah. It's just constant. you got to love it. Yeah. you got to absolutely love it because there's no break from it. You're exactly. obsessed.
2: Top three reads, top three pods, top three really very much anything.
1: Top podcast right now is All In Podcast. It's really good. It's on YouTube. It's also on all of the pods.
2: Wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get
1: your podcasts. It's what is very it? good. It's um four very annoying, successful entrepreneurs from America who talk about the world and business and they're so smart. It's just the most engaging. It's on every week. So it's like an hour and a half every week and it's these four masters of the universe wankers just talking about the world and what's going on in the world and it's incredibly interesting. Yep.
2: Okay, I'm going to look that one up. Yeah, I spend my you life podcasting. Like so. Do you? Yeah, I listen to podcasts all And the you're time. on them. And I'm on them. But yeah, no, I mainly listen to history podcasts.
1: To be honest. Oh, they're so good. So, the book I'm reading right now. There's so many good books. The book I'm reading right now is "Boy Swallows Universe" by a brilliant Australian author whose name I cannot remember. But it's um,
0: what is it about?
1: It's set in the it's quite
0: eight. A title: I've got high ambitions for this.
1: Yeah, it's a really good book. It's set in the eight. The guy is just the best writer. Every paragraph is like music. It's just so. Trent Dalton. Thank you. It's such a good book. Uh, it's about a. Couple of kids, one's autistic, doesn't speak, and the other one, the brother, they're growing up in Brisbane, in Australia, in the nineteen eighties, and with in a drug community. So there's like, the parents are selling heroin, and and they sort of try to just make their way through. But the way that the autistic kid communicates, he's almost he sees the future and sort of helps them through. It's, it's good. yeah, it's a really good yeah. book, really good book. And music, that's the third one, currently best yes. album Radiohead nice um, Which in Radiohead? rainbows in rainbows and then currently um the dream by um alt-j awesome english band
0: okay so that brings us to our favorite part of the show the business versus bullshit quick fire round d cue the music This is where we reel off a list of key terms and all you have to do, Ben, is tell us whether you think it's business or bullshit. And you are clearly a thought leader and ahead of your game. So, Ben, are you ready? Diversity quotas. Bullshit. Stand-up meetings. (laughs) Bullshit. Coffee.
1: Love it. Business. 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 Must have it. agendas (sighs)
2: Agendas.
1: <sighs> Business.
2: Hour long meetings. Bullshit. Office dogs. This now you know simple. this is this is And we'd like to keep our street.
1: <laughs> Business.
2: Then we're no longer friends. This is. You good. can't,
1: what? You don't like dogs in the office?
2: No, it's just that Andy oh. has one and it makes me so happy when everybody says bullshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's its name? Rio. Romeo. Romeo, Romeo.
0: Romeo. Of course, I'm Juliet. It's important. Oh. Ah. <laughs> ah. No, it was fuck all to do with that. But anyway, carbon <laughs> credits.
1: Uh, business, yeah.
0: Swearing in meetings. Compulsory. Well done, Ben. You pass.
1: Fuck yeah.
0: (laughs) Pub lunches. Very important in the UK.
1: Yeah, here. Oh my God. Do they
0: not happen
2: in Australia?
1: Well, not when you work at home.
0: So, what did you conclude on pub lunches?
1: Uh. mm, Bullshit. B Corps. Mm, Pass.
0: So,
2: B Corps being the big thing in America.
1: Yeah, pass.
2: Yeah, no, I think I, I'm on the fence myself.
1: Mm. Um, I don't know enough about it to have an opinion.
2: Okay. NDAs.
1: <laughs> uh, business. Yes, thank you very much. No. Yes. I've never seen one enforced. I've never no, enforced. No, I've never seen so one
2: enforced. What? But, it's the, but it's the moral, the ethical yeah. kind of... No, let's have our word. It our keeps word lawyers
1: employed. How much time goes into reviewing NDAs?
2: Hardly only because it takes about three and a half seconds. Yeah,
1: but they charge for an hour.
0: (laughs) Unlimited vacations.
1: Hmm. Business. LinkedIn. Bullshit.
0: Formal workflows.
1: Bullshit. Thongs.
0: You've already established you know, should, should come in G-strings. Do you think that's they can acceptable? work.
1: What, they can work on whatever they want.
0: Do you, you never wear a suit?
1: I, funerals? Weddings and funerals.
2: Interesting people wear them at funerals. Something black, easy to put on.
1: You can get by in trousers yeah, and a jacket You mustn't wear
0: black to a funeral, but anyway. Excellent. That's the end of our quick frow round. Applause! <laughs> So, Ben, this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch your company, podcast, book, whatever you like. Off you go.
1: If you're in business and you employ anybody, I know how you feel. It's hard. And I want you to feel better. I want you to feel confident. And that's what Employment Heroes is for. It's for everybody on the planet who employs somebody and wants to employ more people and feel good about it. And I want your employees to feel good about it. And that's what we're building. So if you employ somebody and you need help, then use Employment Hero.
0: Great stuff. Okay, so Ben, if our listeners want to find out more about you online, obviously don't approach you on LinkedIn. We've learned that.
1: (laughs) You can read my bio on LinkedIn. It's quite funny, actually. Is it? Yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to go and read it. Uh, What's the best way for them to do so?
1: Uh, Twitter. Uh, My handle is at bn thompson
0: okay you've clearly started traveling so you're going to be a busy man yeah so it'll be hard for anybody to contact you yeah. they've got to be in the right time zone. time zone yeah in the right thing
1: yeah and don't get offended if you don't get a response I just, I don't... you're a busy man yeah
0: so there you have it this was this week's episode of business without bullshit thank you ben for joining us thank you to my co-host the amazing pippa you're very welcome a big thank you to you, dear listeners. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, please rate, review us on Apple, Spotify, or whatever you listen to your podcast. And remember to follow us, please, on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Or don't worry, please follow Ben. He's much more interesting. At Biz Without BS, where you'll find more useful business content. Until next time, it's
2: ciao.